Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail, where mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I'm your host, Gary Ware. Today on the show, we have Lisa Cummings. Lisa Cummings is the founder of PinchYourselfCareers.com, and more importantly, the Career Q&A podcast. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks, Gary. Happy to share some time with you. Awesome. Lisa helps people understand what are those soft skills that they need to further their career. She answers a lot of questions about career development, and I am so happy to have her on the show. Uh, Lisa, before we jump into the show, can you give our listeners just a little bit more of a teaser about what you do currently? Yeah, so at Pinch Yourself Careers, it is focused mostly on the career podcast, just giving to people through career mentorship. And then I also do a lot of speaking on careers and decision-making, bringing in things like human behavior and decision-making science and then, you know, making it real and talking about how you can use that in life. So do a lot of things related to speaking and then the podcasting all in a just a giving way to help people learn from some lessons that I made or mistakes I made during my career, hopefully get people ahead a little faster. Awesome. And it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast unless we started talking about what our guests are drinking. Lisa, are you drinking anything this morning? I am. I could put it in the frame, then I would disappear and then yes. reappear. So I'll just tell you. Yes, no worries. It's, it's all good. Yeah, it, I am drinking tea. I like a hot tea, especially while podcasting. And sometimes just straight up hot water. But this is green tea with mint. Awesome. Kind of a funny combination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this morning, I am drinking um, my athletic greens and my glass of water. That is my morning combination. Uh, Lisa, another question is, do you have an evening drink that you prefer? <laughs> evening. I love evening drinks. Um, yeah, I, I love whiskeys. So I like cocktails. It could be anything from a Manhattan to just Gentleman Jack by itself to a Jameson with cranberry. So I love experimenting with different things related to whiskey, especially in the wintertime. Oh, uh, yes, I, I know. Yeah, we're getting into the season of of awesome drinks. And, and I, I love that you love whiskeys and scotches. Uh, I personally, I love old fashions and they got love know. an old fashioned. Yes, exactly. But whiskey and cranberry, I've not tried that combination. I think I might have to add that to my, my list of things to try out. Yeah. Check it out. Check, try it with Jameson. That's when I went to Ireland and did their tour of their distillery. That was one of the drinks they served up. They kind of did this comparison of uh, you know, Coke to contrast Americans who drink um, Jack and Coke kind of stuff. And then they had with cranberry and they had it Ooh. straight. And so they got me hooked on that. I, it kind of broke my brain. I thought, Ooh, and, and it's really good. Jameson cranberry. Okay. Yeah. Cause sometimes I do whiskey in the rocks with three cherries and it adds like a little bit of a flavor to it, but I'm yeah. going to try that. Yeah. Check it out. Cool. And so another thing, so, so moving on, another thing that I love about Lisa is that she has done improv and today on the show, we're going to try a few things with improv and we'll see how it goes. But Lisa, can you tell our audience a little bit about how you got into doing improv and tell us a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah. The getting into it is, is one of those times I was having, um, 
I needed a career breakthrough. Let's just say yes. I needed a Gary in my life about 10 years ago. And I was super stressed at work and I learned about a class and it was just, you know, hey, it's an improv class. And I had been a fan in the past, but never thought about taking it. And so I learned about this class and went and it was it meant so much for my career. I thought it was just going to be a stress reliever. And it taught me about listening and it taught me the concept of yes and and applying that at work. It taught me about unsticking my brain and getting out of my normal patterns. And I had all these unexpected, um, amazing things I learned from it that just, you know, just won me over. And having been part of learning and development in my career and uh, leadership development and team building events, I was familiar with icebreaker kind of things. And so putting that together with short form improv games, it was kind of like, wow, I am home. This is so much fun. The play is really meaningful in your life beyond the class itself. Yeah, exactly. And I actually have a quote uh, that I would like to read that summarizes just that. And it's from Plato. And it says, you learn more about a person in an hour of play than a lifetime of conversation. Yeah, that's a really good one. And like Lisa, I totally agree. I got hooked on doing improv because it was something, something about it. Yeah, you can do these icebreaker games, but it was just something about improv and just letting yourself go that and play and discovery that it was like I was transformed back to when I was five in kindergarten on the uh, on the playground, just doing silly things. And there was no care in the world. Yeah, I know that you said you love being goofy and I love being goofy, too. So it certainly feeds that part. Yeah. And then yeah, just the play and not planning what to say. I'm very much like that. I want to, I plan a few steps ahead. I want to be careful about what I say. And it, it's the opposite of that and, and not being seven steps ahead. So really just being in the moment, being fully present. It's, it's just so cool. I could go on. I could gush. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it's just a new way of, of thinking. And so, so Lisa, question for you. So, uh, you got into improv and it sort of transformed your life. Can you talk about a few other areas of, of how just improv has impacted you? Yeah. I, I mean, the yes and part has been huge for me. So anybody who's listening, who's not familiar with yes and it, it's kind of a, a basic tenant that you're going to support what's going on in a scene or in a moment and build on it rather than cutting it off or saying no to what's happening. And so putting yourself in that mindset of you're in, you're in the scene or at work, you're at work, and then going with what is happening and then making the best of it, building on it and making it better is a completely new way. So it's, it shifted me in many ways, like down to the basics of I'm trying to get butt out of my vernacular. Unless you're talking about a literal butt on a body, it's the yes, yes and or I'll say yet, yet I won't say but, but if I'm yes. conscious of it, because it does, it changes the way you actually think and put things together and it, it just changes your frame of mind. So that's been a huge one for me in life. How about for you? Yeah. And it causes me to think of other possibilities. You're right. If when you are saying yes and you're agreeing 120% with someone and you're building on that and everything's a possibility then yeah it just it just makes you go into so many different areas because i know we are so quick to say no 
for whatever reason. It could be that you're just scared or you really think that you have an idea that is stellar and you're not listening. And, and sometimes it's just all about let's support what's already out there. Like, why do we need to throw something else out there? And, and I, from creativity to just teamwork and binding, just that whole tenet of saying yes. And not yeah. just saying yes, but saying yes and in building on it. it. And it teaches you about yourself in a way that you start to understand more about your assumptions. So I'm remembering back to a, a, a recent class. And so I'm in improv and you're in this, you're doing the scene work with a person and they're doing something. And so as the recipient or you're, you're up there with them listening and trying to understand what they're doing through their actions, the guy who's up there with me was... He was being a cook in his mind. And so he was chopping something with a knife. And what I saw was a guy working in his wood shop. Yeah. And as a perfect example of yes and, because I started commenting on what he was making in his wood shop. And it was after the scene we were debriefing when he said, oh, I was actually starting as a chef. It turned in a completely different direction. And just imagine if we weren't in front of an audience, it was in the class. But if we were in front of an audience and he's like, hey, dummy, I'm, I'm not in a wood shop. I'm in a chef. Hello. Can you not see my knife? It would ruin the whole thing. He just went with it. And then there's something human and real that happens too, because you see his face, he's shifting gears. He's recalibrating. Okay. Now I'm in a shop and what am I holding? And what was, and I was seeing him like with a rasp or something. Yeah. It's just, for me, that's very insightful when you think about it applied to work because you see the world through your eyes and you have no idea where they're coming from. And you can assume Yet getting in and saying yes and going with what's happening really helps you understand you come from a place of curiosity, you come from a place of openness, and then you start to see, oh, yeah, there are different people who see things differently. Yes. I was not the only way to go about the world. Yes, and I, I totally agree. And myself coming from a very creative background and, and working in the agency world, by saying yes, it opens up endless possibilities for innovation, because I know far too often, if you're in a brainstorming session and, and again, everyone wants to get their ideas heard. And it's like every time we deny someone's idea and someone throws another idea out, it's like we start over again. And, yeah. but just by throwing all egos aside and just supporting what is out there and just agreeing 110% and just not um, you know, exploring that until it's completely done. And then uh, before we move on to any new concepts, you will get awesome ideas. And another example, uh, this was something how we brought one of the tenets of improv of, you know, yes, and into like the brainstorming scenario is we, when we would brainstorm, it would be uber focused brainstorm. So it would be on one concept, but we could not explore outside of that concept until we explored everything about mm. that concept. And so no one can throw any new ideas into the mix until everything from the very first idea has been explored. And it makes you for in the beginning, you get all the obvious things out. Uh, but then that's where the magic happens is yeah. we can't move on because that's typically what happens. You get all the obvious stuff and then you get stuck and then you move on to something else and then you have to start over, but you keep going. And then that's where you get those breakthrough moments. Yeah, those are great. It's kind of like oh, for anybody listening, if you're really into this stuff, it's convergent and divergent thinking. And the typical brainstorm people are always talking about, 
oh, blue sky, you know, think about anything wacky out there. And you do come up with good ideas there, and that's more of the divergent or convert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm flipping them around. But if you, if you create the constraint and you say, all right, we're just, we're living inside of this limitation. What can we come up with inside of the limitation? The ideas I see come up are better when you're limiting yourself, constraining yourself, because then you can get real wacky with how to make it unique. Yeah. And those are the most fun to me, but versus the wide open universe of ideas you could come up with. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we need limitations and constraints to come up with amazing ideas. And, And I know from my own improv experiences, Sometimes those limitations are the format of the game. You know, the specific mm-hmm. game has has specific rules and they have specific limitations. But aside from that, you're free to completely explore and do whatever you want. And like what you mentioned earlier, you are not by yourself. You're with someone that is supporting you. And we see things through different lenses. And by just supporting whatever's out there and building on it, Yeah, it's magic. It is magic. Yeah. And so I thought maybe we could kick things off by playing a little game. Uh, One of the simplest games is is Yes And. And maybe we can just start with, uh, since this is career focused and and whatnot, maybe we can do a Yes And game where maybe it's an interview focused game, but we're going to just keep saying Yes And and we're going to build on something and and see where we go. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, Lisa, would you like to be the the interviewer and I will be the interviewee? Okay. Cool. Yes, I would love to. Yes, I would love to. And I would love to know what job you would like to interview for. I would like to interview for a trainer at the zoo. Okay. Cool. Gary, it's it's great to have you in here. Um, Tell me about the wackiest animal experience you've had at the zoo so far or in your in your animal life. I have to say, the most wacky experience that I've ever had was when I worked in Africa and I was tracking rhino through the safari. Wow, Gary. You know, I've always wanted to do safari in Africa. And I know it's a little off of our what you might expect an interview topic to be about. But can you tell me what you learned while you were tracking rhino and what the what the purpose was? What were you out there after? Yeah. Uh, what I learned is that rhinos, they travel in packs. And that reminds me of family and the importance of having a good support system. And I can bring those, you know, that experience here to this zoo, the San Antonio Zoo. And I can apply that to any aspect of our training facility. Yeah, that's great. I, I love the lessons you can apply. I'm wondering, so rhinos, they, they seem kind of scary. Were yes. there ever moments when you were just, you know, they scared the bejesus out of you? Or were you pretty confident the whole time? How did you handle fears being out like that in some risky environment? Yes, uh, they did. <laughs> rhinos are scary beasts. And I'm not going to lie, I was quite scared. Um, <laughs> there was one time when we were trying to identify if this was a specific herd that we have tagged. Um, And I had to go into uh, the pack where a mother was, was um, nursing with some of her young. And just like any mother, if you're going to approach her children, she's going to get defensive. 
I personally thought she was going to charge me, <laughs> uh, but I, I was, um, I noticed the warning signs and I stayed very clear. And one thing that you have to know about rhinos is that if you, if you don't show fear and you show dominance, they will immediately back down. Wow. And how did you show dominance to a rhino? Well, uh, I think the best way to show ri uh, dominance to a rhino is to appear like you are a male rhino. So that requires you to get into the, the position and and start stomping your feet. It, it is is quite the sight, and uh, I did that very successfully. Wow. And have you ever stomped your feet like that in a work environment? Actually, sometimes you have to show dominance in a work environment. Um, and so, yes, that I can relate uh, to multiple times when if I'm in a situation where I'm being bullied, sometimes you just have to stomp your feet and, you know, show that you mean business. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to always do that. Well, tell me about a time when you had to show you meant business. Well, uh, I I am a little ashamed about this, but there was a time when I worked for the San Diego Zoo, and I wasn't being treated as fair as I would like. Um, I thought I was up for a raise, and I was being neglected by my superiors, and I had to storm in there and really say, hey, I um, am doing a superb job, and I felt like I am due for a raise. Would you please reevaluate me? And I was very firm yet um, not overbearing. And that was the last time I had to really show that I meant business. Now, if you had to show you meant business to end this interview and show me that you wanted the job, what would you do right here? All right. Well, I would make sure that I have um, a power stance. And a power stance means that my feet are more than shoulder width apart. I am leaning in, which is more of a position of power, and I would make direct eye contact, and I would have more of a deeper voice, and I would say, I am the best candidate for this position. I deserve, a, I deserve an opportunity here at this zoo. You should hire me because no one else is going to bring their experience like myself. Well, this is great. So now if we go out of character and debrief yes. that, some things that were really cool to me is for the listeners out there, it's kind of cool to show yes and and improv stuff. It doesn't have to be about being funny. It's about going with what's going on. And having been a recruiter and a hiring manager, as I watched and listened to your answers and thinking about how you just rolled with it. It didn't matter what I threw out you. They were not typical interview questions. I don't know if there are typical no. Zoom interview questions. It's a different <laughs> but it was interesting. You probably think you're going to get, tell me about your strengths and weaknesses. Tell me about your background. We ended up talking about rhinos and power stances. Exactly. And I think that's a really cool thing. Sometimes when I interview people, I see, uh-oh. Uh, they're off script. What am I going to do? I used to ask a question of people about what is the last thing you did that you found really fun? And people were like, uh, fun. It just really, woo, it surprised people so much. I know people have fun. They just, yes, it was not a work question. So it really threw people. And that's something I looked for in interviews is, um, will they be able with the punches? And sometimes the punches are, weird questions. And sometimes it's, it's, 
giving you the insight, especially to tell me about a time when, I mean, that's a very technical, it's called behavioral interviewing. It's a very technical thing. And it's beautiful as a, um, as a candidate because you get to tell stories and stories bring emotion into the picture and make things memorable. And so they're so great for you as a candidate, but a lot of people resist them. So I thought that showed all sorts of yeah. cool things. How about you? Yeah, no, agreed. And another thing to note, especially being on both sides of the table, being someone that is interviewing and being interviewed yourself, you're right. You do not know what's going to be out there. However, if someone throws you for a loop, all you have to do is just take a deep breath, pause, because you don't have to answer right away. Compose yourself and just be yourself. Be real. At the end of the day, they're hiring a human. They're not yes. hiring a robot. Yes. And if you don't know the answer, you know, feel free to, you know, just be honest and just be real. And and you're right. Stories are that is the, in my opinion, the Trojan horse of an interview, because if you can talk about stories, you sometimes get off tangent and they stop interviewing you and you're having a conversation. And when you're yeah. having a conversation, now you're getting real and now you're getting like to the heart of like why we want to interview someone. We want to find out what they're about. Yeah. And you're getting to the, what makes people pick people? I mean, if you think about, if you talk to people the way you talk to your friends, you're not hormone stiff. You think about what you do when you sit around and it's the theme, you know, cocktails, right? Yes. Break your cocktails. So when I sit around on the patio with my friends, what do we do? We sit around and tell each other stories. When you talk to people like you talk to people you like, you tell stories. So do that with your employer. Give them the chance to see the you behind the kind of robotic curtain that people put up in interviews and let them like you and people hire people they like all things being equal if your resume looks about the same that's what got you in the door the thing that gets you hired over the final couple of candidates it's the interpersonal stuff and that's the stories are such a great way to go with that so uh, embrace behavioral interviews they're awesome yeah i totally agree and as a way to prepare with improv you can't really prepare. We, we run yeah. through games, but as a way to prepare, I tell all of my, the people that I mentor have some stories like about yourself, whether it's, you know, what was the last time, you know, you felt yourself in a scary situation. Um, you know, how do you have fun? You know, I yeah. use Evernote and anytime I like come across a really good story that I could use in any situation, I sort of just jot it down so I don't forget. I have, the same. I have stories, quotes, and stats notes. And yeah, exactly. And that's exactly how I have uh, some of my Evernote notebooks. That is so great. And actually, it reminds me of uh, one other game that I would like to play with you, Lisa, uh, if you would like to be so brave. And it is one of a fun game that I like to do, especially when I'm playing with people on Skype. It's, it's called the monkey wrench game. I don't know if there's an, a technical term, but... Okay. Uh, the person, so uh, Lisa, if you would be uh, brave uh, to be the person on this one, I asked him to tell me a story about anything. It's just telling me a story, but I'm going to throw out random words. And okay. then you have to just take that word and immediately add it to your story. Okay. Cool. So um, to get you started, maybe just tell me a, a story about, um, you know, a time when someone had fun since we were talking about fun. Okay. Uh, once upon a time, there was a man who had no fun in his life, and he went on a quest to have fun. Tractor. So he, showed, so he showed up at his friend's farm and said, you know, I've lived in the city my whole life, and I want to learn to drive a tractor. 
In fact, I want to operate the backhoe. Could you help me run a backhoe? Because I think it would be so much fun. So his friend got him out. He started tooling around with all of those knobs and sticks. And he started thinking, wow, this is not as fun as I thought. I want to do something else on the farm. I want to rope some cattle. Plank. So his friend said, you think that roping cattle would be fun? I think you'd have more fun if you walked the plank. And the guy said, oh, what do you mean walk the plank? I thought you walked the plank when you were like getting offed by haters or something. And so Joe said, no, 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 no. Walking the plank here is great. So he takes him out to the pool and stands him out on the diving board puts a blindfold on him and asks him to jump. So he jumps in the pool. Sunset. I didn't hear the word. Sunset. So he jumps in the pool and started treading water. And Joe said, you know, here's the thing. You've walked the plank. You've done the best cannonball we've seen in like four years. The next part of fun is whether you can tread water until sunset and do some of that synchronized dancing to the beat of the music on the radio. So he started listening to the songs and moving his body to the sounds of the songs. And he felt like a synchronized swimmer in the Olympics, only he was missing the nose plug. So his friend said, you're brilliant. I mean, if, if only you had that swimming cap that was pink, you would look great. So let's get out of the pool and finish up the night by having an old-fashioned and clinking our glasses because today was a breakthrough for fun. Yay, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how, how was that? Thank you for being uh, my little guinea pig on this. <laughs> that was a cool game. Yeah, I really liked it. I've, I've done the game where you do um, a story building where you do like once upon a time and you start it off and then you just cut yourself, you edit yourself and the next person has to build on the story and let it roll. Yes. So I really, other than having hearing problems, I really liked um, pivoting because your mind's going in one direction and then you have to juke over to the side and make it something totally different. So I, I thought it was pretty fun. How was it? I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say the story became even more creative because uh, with this, and I do it with a lot of people that I mentor with, is to get them out of their head and to be ready for anything. And yeah, and now you created a story that you never would have thought you would have went there. Right. And I had no idea. And yeah, and sometimes, again, in interviews and on the workplace, you think you know where things are going, and then you get thrown a monkey wrench, and then you have yeah. to just, you know, pivot and adjust. Yeah. And the name for your game is awesome because it is a monkey wrench in your story. So yeah. put that in a book, Gary Ware. I know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's in my list. So, so moving on, I, this has been so much fun. Hopefully you're having a lot of fun, uh, Lisa, because I know our audience is probably getting a, a lot of info from this. But I want to jump in to what I call the lightning round. Okay. Uh, this is where I'm going to ask you a number of questions that I ask all of my guests, just to hear how you think and and uh, see, you know, what makes you tick. Lisa, are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it. Awesome. So the very first question I have is, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I've been a wanderer my whole life. So um, I, I wanted to be something different every time you asked me. And sometimes it was informed by my older neighbor. She wanted to be random things. I looked at this book where I drew what I wanted to be when I was in third grade. And it said, airline stewardess because that's what they were called back then and i think 
wow, I don't remember ever wanting to be that, but looking to older kids in your surroundings, I think that's fascinating because more than I realized, I was informed by other people's goals and other people's successes. So that's kind of an interesting flavor. I'd say the biggest theme related to sports, I wanted to be a pro beach volleyball player. I wanted to be a softball player. I loved making up sports games, playing sports games, and that led me in uh, my my first phase of career was to be a teacher and a coach and an English teacher, so English and PE teacher. So that's probably the biggest theme of my youth and then quickly shifted into other stuff. Awesome. Our next question is, what is a failure that you had to get over? And how did you do that? I have so many. <laughs> um, probably the most recurring theme of failure is letting other people's definitions. It kind of goes back to that definition of career success, definition of career path, definition of how you should live your life and getting comfortable being me, finding me and just living my way. And so I had a lot of failures where I chased titles or I chased promotional opportunities to feed my ego. And they weren't bad experiences because you learn from each one. Yet when I did that and when I do that, because I still am guilty of naturally leaning that way, uh, there's something in you that tells you, hey, wrong, wrong lady. You know, <laughs> there's a little feather behind you saying, go the other way, follow yes. your fun, follow your passion, follow your what fuels you, not what drains you. Go by what motivates you, not by what you think other people will view you as successful over. So for me, that's where most failures come in and making bad choices for jobs mostly when I picked a title or uh, a salary over my my fun. Yeah. And pivoting and building on that, it, it reminds me, I was listening to your interview on, on Scott Barlow's Happen to Your Career podcast. Yeah. And one of the things was, it was one of the questions where someone said about Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Should I go into this? And I loved your, your responses. Yes, go do that now. Because if you wait and you wait too long, by the time that you actually maybe get into it, your everything might be changed and it's not my, it might not be something that you're interested in. Yeah, you'll be a different person pretty soon. Hopefully you keep becoming something new all the time. So the longer you wait, the more it'll be a different appeal for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The next question is, are you a morning or a night person? You know, I'm neither. I've heard you ask this question before, and I thought, if I go on Gary's show, I'm not either. I like to wake up with the sun, and that is, you, you know, it changes as the, the winter and summer kind of thing. But somewhere around 7 a.m., I wake up. I like to wake up without an alarm clock. I prefer to uh, go out with the dogs, do a thing, develop myself a little bit, spend 30 minutes or so on that. And not really get into the heavy lifting part of work until about 9 a.m. Yet I'm not a night person. I'm not one of those night owls who stays up till 3 a.m. So I'm a tweener. Awesome. I'm, I'm making a third category. Tweener. That's good. Yeah, tweener. <laughs> You're like, I, I am between setup and sundown. I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. Great. Uh, but how do you see organizing? Are, are there any sort of processes or workflows that you like to deploy? Yeah, I do. Um, like you mentioned with Evernote, I'm a heavy Evernote user. So for capturing the stuff, getting it out of my brain so it doesn't live in there rent-free and take up space, I want to make room for other things. If it's just something I need to capture, I have it in an Evernote. So I have a ton of notebooks and even stacks of notebooks and categories. And then um, for to-dos and reminders, I like to use Remember the Milk. Um, 
rememberthemilk.com. And yeah, I just, I think it's like 10 bucks a year. It's really inexpensive. And I like that they do, you can, you can have to do's in your life under different tabs, under different categories. So I can easily scan what's happening by category. You can also look at it by date and then you can have it send you email reminders for things that, you know, down to the nitty gritty stuff of life, like give my dog a heartworm pill on the 10th of the month. Well, it sends me an email and says, give the dogs a heartworm pill. So that's the stuff. I really love to do on uh, Remember Milk. Gotcha. How do you stay inspired? Hmm. Mostly by wanderings. Uh, I love adventure and trying new things. So that really fires me up. Nature is a big one. I live out on 30 acres in the middle of the woods. And that's on purpose because nature really inspires me. So taking walks through the trails, uh, going outside in the mornings. And while the dogs are uh, going out for the first time in the morning, I look at the sky and look at the colors and a little bit of a, you know, look up and gaze at the, the clouds or gaze at the stars at night kind of stuff. So those are big for me. And then exploring hobbies like improv and drumming and letting each thing kind of lead you to the next. It's big. Oh, I tried drum lessons. Oh, look, there's a djembe and oh, there are cajon and oh, there are these other things to explore. And oh, I could do salsa drumming. That's yeah. not just dancing. And so just letting yourself wander into the hobbies that call you, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And and I think just going back on the whole career thing, I know when I'm interviewing people, that's one of the questions that I ask is, do you have a hobby? And it just makes you desirable, especially to know that you do something outside of work. Yeah. You're not so stale and stiff that all you care about is, yeah, you know, one singular thing. Yeah. And then that is also a really good networking tool because I know a number of people that I work with, uh, they have such exciting hobbies and uh, one guy uh we're actually going to feature him on the show here pretty soon is he brews his own beer oh cool and in san diego southern california craft beer is like the thing but it's just so cool to say yeah i brew my own beer and you know (laughs) we're not saying that you're the next you know stone or, or whatever but the fact that you have something that you're passionate about outside of the nine to five it it really shows the have care I think that you're really on for career purposes. It's fun to learn this stuff. And yeah, it has this side effect where you build relationships, you're building connections, you uh, you get a whole new layer of people. And instead of making networking about exchanging business cards, it's like you find all these similarities or interesting things and you can follow. And then suddenly your business relationship gets better and it was fun doing it because yeah. you're exploring about each other. Yeah. So get a uh, get a hobby. And uh, if you don't have something that you enjoy doing outside of work, find something. And ask people what theirs are. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, yeah, they can, you can get inspiration. And so the next question I have is, are there any books that you would recommend to our audience? Yeah, a couple. In keeping with what we talked about today, one is called Unstuck by Noah Scalin, I think is how you pronounce his name. So that is really fun. I love it for pattern breaking your brain when you're stuck and you just feel, oh, you can't get your creative mojo. You can flip in and get these really short activities to go do for the day, things to focus on or look for or go do. And uh, that's very cool one. And then one, another one on in keeping with what we talked about today is called Plays Well with Others. And it is a book about improv short form activities because they're so much fun by Les McGee. And isn't that fun? An improver has like a he sound in his name. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) He's born for it. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. uh, 
that's a really cool one because he talks about play at work and some of these things that you could do with your team. And uh, I find it a fun one just to get uh, game ideas and pattern breaking in your brain ideas and then go apply them kind of like we did yeah. today. And then uh, just, you know, make your own thing up out of it. Ah, that's great. A few more questions and I'm going to let you go is if you had to pick three songs that were on the soundtrack of your life, these aren't the only three songs, but just three songs. What would that be? You know, well, it's, it's a recent enough song that Happy by Pharrell comes to mind because I just I love how that song makes me feel. Yes. And I'm a really big music fan. Kind of, a, I live in Austin, Texas, so it's the live music capital of the world. You have to love music. So yes. I really get into singer songwriters and listening to lyrics. So I'd say, if I can cheat instead of song, almost like so soundtrack or the tracks of your life, I think that what happens for me, and I think it happens for most people, is you have songs and they're kind of connected to memories in your life. Yeah. A few for me are there's a, a whole soundtrack by Jewel, and I don't even know. I, I, I can picture the CD cover because it's old enough that it was CDs and it yeah. was white and it had her flinging her hair. Um, and I remember my husband and I thinking about moving to San Antonio and driving through place after place after place looking for where what area of town we might want to live. And we did that whole thing driving around listening to that CD. So I can we still to this day, and this is probably 15 years ago, we quote lines out of the song, like out of songs from there. There's one about everything in life being temporary if you give it enough time. And uh, it, there's always an in between me and you, depending on what map you use yeah. and, fit, you know, how, how big is the scale of the, the inches. And so she has all these great lyrics. I'm, I was uh, drowning from a, uh, breathing from a straw underwater. So thinking about when you feel overwhelmed and you're uh, trying to catch your breath, but you're underwater breathing through a straw. So she has all these great things. And that's a big soundtrack for a part of my life. There's a Eric Church has a lot of good ones when I'm in kind of rock out mode. And um, Ray Wiley Hubbard, that's probably one no one's heard of if they're not into like Texas country, yeah. gritty groove kind of music, but really uh, amazing writer, songwriter. And so there are so many songs there that play in the memories of my life so probably those i'd say jewel eric yeah. church and ray wiley hubbard probably are the backdrop for uh 50 of my memories there you go and yeah. it, you're right it's just something about just time periods in your life and how music has a big part of that and yeah mm -hmm. I, I i totally agree i know um the garden state soundtrack i don't know if you've seen the garden state movie uh, that mm -hmm. was directed by Action, uh, Ask, no, not Action Kutcher. Hello, Zach Braff. Um, <laughs> but it, it just that soundtrack. Um, I remember at that time I was in college and I would listen to that over and over again. And it's like, yeah, it's like a milestone in your life. And you yeah. can remember so much clearer because of that and having that milestone. Yeah, that's wild. I have a soundtrack of um, Natural Born Killers and Pulp Fiction. And I think it was probably the same because those were some of my college years and so why those i mean in the, in the movies were very dark and the time of my life wasn't dark yet the soundtracks they they play when i hear those songs i think back to those times yep exactly so two more questions is there a quote or affirmation that you like to live your life by yeah so we're on the theme of music right yeah so i'll take music lines i love there we go take lyrics out um the unexpected by butthole surfers 
the fall in love with life and drink it from a fountain. I think that's such a good one. If you just think about that every day, how can you fall in love with your life? What can you be doing yeah. to fall in love with life and want to drink it from a fountain? That's so moving to me. Yeah, no, agreed. And yeah, um, yeah, take it all in. Yeah. Um, and last question is, if you can give our audience one piece of advice, one tip that they can do today to help them get more clarity so that they can do work that they love, what would it be? Uh, act as if. You know, dip your toe in. So this gets back to taking action. I know you recently had an interview with Grant Baldwin. He said uh, kind of a just do it, just do it type of answer. So it's a little bit similar to that. But take the next action. If you think you're interested in something in your career, well, dip your toe in, you know, start doing it. And even if you say, I have five minutes a day to dedicate. I'm too busy. I have kids. I work too many hours. I don't know how I'm going to shift to the next thing. Well, figure out the next thing and then go dip your toe in and take the smallest action. Know what the very next action is. Don't worry about the 400 that come after. Just look at the next one and act as if you're in that space. And you may find, I've had a lot of not it moments in my career. You may find, oh, that's not what I thought it was. I romanticized that. And you can't know though until you start messing around with it and doing it. So get in, mess around, knead the dough and see if it's your fun. And if it is, follow the fun. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And Jason Womack, he was on episode seven. He says he's all about the 10 day experiment. <laughs> so. Oh, cool idea. I didn't hear that one. Yeah. So if you could do something for 10 days, um, because actually, and I'll include a link to this episode from his podcast where he was talking about, uh, he was going further on this. He said it takes about 60 something days to make a habit, but mm -hmm. do you want everything to be a habit? So sometimes you got to experiment for about 10 days yeah. Um, and see if it fits. Yeah. It's like life's dressing room, right? You, you try on clothes before you buy them. Try on a job, try on a skill, try on a thing. See if you like it. Yeah, exactly. There's no like one end point. It's all about the journey anyway. So yeah, I, I totally agree. That's an awesome tip. And yeah, if you are, you know, listening and you're stuck and you're trying to get to the next step, take a step. Take a step. Yes. Yes, exactly. And go do things like the book, the unstuck book if you want a quick activity to break your pattern or uh, a game one game i love is uh seven things where you do something like what are seven things you could stuff a teddy bear with and then just make yourself go uh stuffing and hamburgers yes. and whatever and you just make yourself say answers really quickly and it doesn't matter if hamburgers shouldn't go on a bear because they're going to rot and stink it doesn't matter you just say it you know what are seven things you could make turn into a belt buckle oh well a piece of metal yes. or uh, my car keys or, and you just make yourself as fast as you can come up with seven things, break your brain and it gets you stuck out of, unstuck out of your patterns. Yes, exactly. Well, this has been such an awesome interview, Lisa. Thank you for coming. And before we let you go, if you can just let our audience know how they can get in touch with you, if they want to learn a little bit more about your podcast or what you do, just the floor is yours. Okay, cool. Yeah. Find us at pinchyourselfcareers.com. And I'm on Facebook. There's also a Facebook page for the company. And then Twitter, if you want um, my total randomness of Lisa Cummings, I'm at Lisa Cummings. And then at Pinch Yourself for the business side and career tips and stuff like that if you want to be more focused on career. Awesome. And thank you again so much. I am so happy to have had you on. This has been such a delight. And for everyone out there, we will include links to all this stuff in the show notes at BreakthroughCocktail.com. But until next time, stay awesome.
Bye. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.